Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Jennifer and Sandy are changemakers, female founders, feminists, and future thinkers focused on helping wellness practitioners make more money and transform more lives. Sounds pretty great. Together, they founded Namastream, a software company that enables wellness practitioners to elevate their business by bringing their classes and workshops online. They are also the founders of the Soulful MBA School, the first ever business training community specifically created for health and wellness professionals. Through their courses, community, and coaching, they empower individuals to take their wellness expertise and transition it into an online offering. As serial entrepreneurs, Jennifer and Sandy know what it's like to start, scale, and run successful companies. Obviously, um, we all have a very similar mission, so I'm really excited to bring a more business-focused episode today. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Krista. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to talk to you both. Um, I feel like we just have very similar missions, and I love <laughs> I love working um, with female entrepreneurs that have this certain drive, this certain mindset towards business. So I would love for you guys to just share a little bit about yourselves, about your story, what's happening in your world. Give us some context um, before we drop in. Yeah. So just one little update. We've rebranded since I think you must have been given the bio. So our platform is now called Marvelous. We started as Stream six years ago, and now uh, we have had this major rebrand this year in 2021, and we are now called the Marvelous Platform. Okay, so that's the same thing. So I was doing all my research yeah. this morning, and I was looking through Marvelous, and I'm like, maybe this is their new endeavor. I'll have to ask them about it. So that is now the new platform. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll just give you a quick backstory of how we kind of came to be in this situation. So Sandy and I both were in in a software entrepreneur boot camp, like a six month, very intensive program together back in 2014. And we were two of the only women in a, in a group of like 550 people who were um, starting tech companies. And we were also two of the only maybe like five or six people who ended up successfully building companies out of that program that year. And so we, we came together at an event that was sort of bringing the community together, the, the, course community together after six months. And we met in Colorado um, at a conference and it was kind of, you know, I don't, some kind of soul connection that we had. We were building different companies, but we quickly realized that we thought the same way about the world. And we had really similar values and a similar kind of level of ambition and drive to make change. And the rest is kind of history. We, um, I invited Sandy to join my company, which at the time was Namastream. We went through a uh, 
B2B software accelerator, so a tech company accelerator in Seattle. And, um, and then we set off on this path to build something from nothing and to really serve the wellness community with tools that at that point weren't available. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I feel that this industry, I got into the business in around 2012, 2013, when you could still, there was still a handful of wellness practitioners and, and teachers, even in the Instagram space, right? Like yeah. it wasn't at all what it is today. And my original mission, I was a yoga teacher. And then I realized that like the more I call it, you know, a success metric of yoga studios, as you know, is called butts on mat and how many butts can we get on the mat? And I was like thinking in my head when I really wanted to create my business, the more butts on mat, the better the world. And it just sort of like scaled from there to now I work with so many different kinds of people and there's such a lack still, um, around the business side of healthcare businesses. That's like now a billion dollar industry. And I just feel like I'm super grateful that there's, there's people out there like you creating these offerings. So talk to me about just what's happening in your world. It's been a crazy year. It's always been really interesting to meet people for the first time in this like COVID post COVID world. Um, and it just feels like we just all of a sudden have so much more in common. <laughs> Not that I didn't realize that before, but it's just affected all of us in such a big way. So obviously this was probably really good for you guys in most of your offerings are online. So what's happening in your world? Um, what's top of mind? What's coming up right now? Yeah. So since the pandemic, it's been an insane year for us as it has been for everyone we, the platform last year was called Namastream, as Jenny mentioned, and it was, it's for um, yoga and Pilates and anyone in health and wellness to teach online, right? So we've been doing this for many years. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously the entire world shut down, including every yoga studio and every gym. And so there was this mass panic to be able to move teaching, teachings online, courses, membership, live streams, whatever. Um, and so we just had, um, the most ridiculous two to three months back in March, 2020 with massive growth, um, customers, but also team. We, we are now, it was like two and a half of us, you know, pre uh, pandemic. And now we're like 25 full time. So it's just fast. It's, it's like, like nobody can prepare you to grow a business that fast, right? Like, I don't know how to manage people. I don't even know how to hire people. Like, but we just had to, it was just all on the fly. We worked ridiculous hours for months on end. Uh, and only now do I feel like we're kind of like, okay, we're fine. You know, like it was just such a scramble to support all the businesses that needed um, to learn how to quickly, quickly, you know, move online. So that's been our year. And then we just uh, rebranded because there's so many people who uh, need to teach online, not just yoga and Pilates, right? right? So we we're we're calling it where we just we niched up and out so that we are more inviting to business coaches and life coaches and nutritionists and piano teachers or whatever, like artists or craft or anything, right? So that's that's what's top of mind right now is just like getting the word out that um, we would love to welcome anybody on our platform who has an expertise in in any area, not just yoga. Well, you're in the right place um, because awesome. <laughs> that's our community. Um, everybody you just named are also, you know, we have the same, I call it dream customer, dream client. And that's anybody in that space that is wanting to share their gifts 
um, in, a, in the online space. And that's where we get to play. So it's really beautiful. And congratulations on the massive growth. One of the first things, and I'm really glad you, you spoke to this because this is what my question was on for you. I had a feeling you probably had a big scale this year. And one thing that my dad said to me early on when I was starting my company, he was like, you know, a lot of companies are so worried about failure and preparing for failure that they don't prepare for success. And oftentimes the biggest sort of flop he sees in peaking too soon or growing too quickly, too fast and not being able to handle that. So I was really glad that he had put that in my sphere of like, Hey, this might actually work because I feel like entrepreneurs were so focused on not failing. We're actually not preparing for the success. And I'm in the process of quote unquote scaling. And I actually wrote the question down for you both that the word scaling scares me a little bit sometimes. And as a coach, I often find that it's our own limiting beliefs that are holding us back and how that process was like hiring and keeping your culture and these, this sort of baby that you both had worked together on. And now all of a sudden you're bringing in new teams. And I would just love you to talk more about that process as, uh, internally first. So what that was like on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of crying. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like in it right now yeah. with the team. And yeah. I was so glad to hear you say, Sandy, that you were like, I'm a strategist, you know, and, and a creator and to manage people and do hiring and structures and onboarding. I'm like, what am I doing? So I would love to just talk about that part of entrepreneurship um, and how you handled that growth. Well, so we had a really rocky time. I mean, to, to put it all, I don't know how one per, how anyone wouldn't have in the situation. So that kind of growth, I, I mean, everyone's like, well, that's so amazing. And when we were in it, I, you know, like you want to throw something at the person that says that because like, sure. And, you know, obviously it's happening during this like horrifying time in the world where we all have lots of other things going on and relationships to people who are sick or family members that are having, um, you know, unthinkable experiences. And, and even within our team, people were having unthinkable experiences. So you have to, you have to sort of be willing to level up and handle the fact that everything's complicated. But I mean, we didn't, no one, I mean, Sandy and I never asked for that, right? We, we had um, gone into building our company with a very particular ethos around sustainability and um, sustainable growth and making sure that this was a business that really, um, was strongly aligned with our values and our ethics and our personal, you know, dreams and habits and, and life threw something else at us. And it was a lot like, thank God we had each other is what I'll say. Like, I think that's the other thing is make sure you have people in your life that you can um, really rely on and, and kind of have a good cry with and a good scream with, because we would kind of like trade days. I think that's how we handle it. Like, okay, it's your day to like lose it. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the other person sort of held space for that. And we did a lot of, a lot of that together. I mean, it was, it was like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, we were dealing with such situations, but not only the pandemic being outside of our control, but early on in the pandemic, um, I don't know if, if you or your listeners will remember this, but like everything was crashing, right? Like every right. 
site on the internet, Zoom was crashing, like Twitter was crashing because all of a sudden every single person was online at the same time. And so we were experiencing that as well, you know, and as a small tech company, I'm relying on a lot of bigger technologies and, you know, like Amazon servers to function and like things like that. Some of that was outside of our control. So you're, you're like constantly um, trying to make sure that, that, that your own platform and tools are working because our clients, their livelihoods, their ability to pay their, their bills, their ability to pay their team was dependent on our platform. And yet we're sort of in this in-between space where we ultimately, I don't have control if there's a data center down in like Western Europe, you know, like I have no control. And so it's like this interest, it was this really interesting place to be where you're, um, you sort of have to put your hands up and say like, Hey, the universe is really in control right now. And I'm going to do what I can. And I'm going to be as kind and empathetic as I can, but also like, ultimately, you know, there's only so much that anyone can handle. Totally. And I think it was just such a, an uncertain time. I think for us, some of our main clients at that time was like a brick and mortar yoga studio chain and the rest of our clients were online. But one of our biggest clients was brick and mortar shut down. We lost that income right away. Like it was this crazy opportunity to be like, okay, where do we pivot? What do we do? And I noticed that the companies that were able to pivot, and that's one of my sort of biggest I guess things that I talk to as an entrepreneur is the openness and the willingness to do that and do it quickly when you're seeing this trend or something happen and sort of stay grounded in that state. And I love that you sort of hold space for the other to go down as what my, my best friend and I say, like we say, I'm down. Um, and then the other one kind of rises and, and that's really beautiful. And I want to talk about, um, your partnership to just as women that, kind of met as strangers and decided to go into business together, because I think that's really, really cool. But going back to that huge um, growth moment, is there now looking back on it, anything that you would say to yourself? Like, obviously you did everything you could with what you had, but now almost a year later, is there something that you would say to somebody now in that position that's sort of experiencing this sort of unexpected growth during uncertainty? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the message is like, you don't know how you don't know how, like you, you're not going to see like, Oh, steps one to 10, then that's how I'm going to grow. It just happens. And you just have to be very reactionary and just figure it out as you go. Cause if we knew the, how I would have been out, like tap out. Nope. Jenny, it's all yours. I'm gone. Right. Like it was so hard. And I think we all want to be super controlled and understand and make these like very, you know, conscious decisions. And I think when you have really quick growth like that, you can't, you just have to like really be intuitive and just go with it. So looking back, I mean, there is nothing that we could have done more or differently, like, mm. like nothing. And like, it was exhausting. It was like Jenny said, a lot of crying. It was a lot of like, I'm not doing that. I can't do this. I'm not doing this. Right. And then we just sort of get pulled back and like grounded, let's go, you know, let's figure this out. And so it's decision by decision. It's a series of decisions. And I think that's how the only way that I can look at it, because if you look at, okay, I want to grow or this is happening, what do I have to do? You can't see into the future what you have to do. It's just like one decision, next decision, next decision, next. And that, that's it. Like, it's just one foot in front of the other. And I think like what you, what you were saying, Krista, like this is a whole, like when you start to scale, there's a whole other set of knowledge and skills that you don't have. Most of us don't have um, 
that we build a business with our, you know, coaching or teaching or expertise in some kind. And then when we start to scale, it becomes a different animal. And we don't, most of us don't naturally have those skills. Some of us do, but uh, Jenny and I do not. So that is a struggle, right? And that's when you've got to be really open to, to hiring and taking some risk on some other people to be like the HR person or the operations person. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. And I think it's just so refreshing as soon as you both started talking because that bio, right? Like on paper, it reads like very clean and very successful. And one successful it's a hot business. mess. It's right. A hot. Mess. And we're, I got somebody, I had a client come through once and book a call with me. And I always ask them like, Oh, how did you hear about me? Or why did you book? Because there's a lot of marketers out there that could coach you. And someone came to someone came and she was like, Oh, I love that. You're such a mess too. Like, that's why I resonated with you. And that's why I booked it. And I think it's like, this permission for whatever reason, even getting ready for this podcast, knowing I was speaking to two successful women, I like straightened up and like put on, right? Like we do, like, it's this, um, as much as I am super excited, there's that little bit of comparison and, oh, I bet they have their shit together more than I do. Right. And I think female entrepreneurship is, like embracing the hot mess and just keep going. And when you have, for me, it's about when I have those waves of growth or inspiration, I ride them. And then when I'm down, I know that, okay, I'm down and it's temporary and it's going to come back up, but there's no, like, I used to have this idea of like slow growth. I love that you said that like a steady burn of a candle and lighting everybody around. And now it's just like a fire, you know, all the time. And but I love it. And I love talking to other female entrepreneurs because there's this drive, there's this something. And I say female purposely because I also had this sort of when people introduce me, it's like, oh, female founders give advice or female, whatever. I'm like, can I just be like a founder talking on something? But at the same time, there is something so unique and worth celebrating about the feminine in business and how you navigate that. And I would love to talk more about your partnership and just working with women. I have like a big female wound, um, working with business. Uh, you know, I was an executive assistant for a very long time and there's like a big wound there that I'm still working through. Um, even though working with women is my favorite thing, it's also the place that's hurt me the most, um, in business and just, what you guys do, um, as like strangers coming into business together to take care of your partnership and Jenny how that me all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's lying. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I think just from the very beginning, Krista, so I, I tell this story not very frequently, but I think for your audience, it's worth sharing too, that just Sandy and I met not not like because we we're formally introduced or like, like I was crying in the corner because I had just had a miscarriage and Sandy is the person at this event that came and talked to me. Right. And it turns out that we had all these things in common and we were like, we were building separate companies at the time, but there was like this sense. I think that is like the feminine that is like, wow, there's a human being there that is something is going on. And we're in a sea of men, like total bro culture men, right? Like the tech world is maybe the most like, like, I don't know, um, societally like, uh, 
male dominated mm-hmm. space. I right? lived like, in, <laughs> I lived in SF and I'm very yeah. close to so yeah, yeah. I'm very right. familiar so, with that culture. Right. So like, that's the world that we were in. And so that's how we first met. And then we just like, were magnetically sort of like not away from each other, the rest of this like weekend mm-hmm. together at this event. And then we ended up like, oh, well, we're both building companies and we're women and this is unusual and we're moms and we're in, you know, different countries and different places, but let's keep talking. And so we started doing something before Zoom, like anyone else ever used Zoom. We were Zooming like once a week and just kind of being accountability partners as we're growing companies. Cause there's no one else, like no one else in my life, in my network was building a software company. And so it was like this great touch point. And then we, you know, we sort of did that for a year and then, um, Namastream started to take off to become more than I could do by myself, which was great, but also hard when it was happening. And I had applied to an accelerator, which is what you do when you're a tech company and don't know what else to do. And, um, and they required me to have co-founders. And so it was like, I don't, I don't know who to, I don't know anyone that would do this. Like everyone else in my life is doing, you know, like I was an environmental lawyer and human rights lawyer. So like, I don't know anyone who like, I'm going to ask Sandy, right. Cause I, who, who do I talk to the most about this and who do I think has the most relevant skills. And then she said, yes, which I was so grateful for. And then the rest is kind of history. I mean, we have been, um, trying to do what I would say is impossible. Like, I don't know anyone else, you know, and we talk to a lot of people kind of in our space and the, and, and we, we get a lot of like venture capital firms reaching out to us and, and M&A investors and people looking to acquire us. And we are, you know, we just sort of humor some of those conversations and, we're constantly told there's no one like you. There are no women, like profitable women run startups like at this size, like that are bootstrapped. Like you don't exist. Like you're the only one. And so it's this interesting, I, I, I'm sure that's not true. I would love to meet the others though. Um, so if you're ever listening and you're in the situation, like we're looking to start a round table, we would love to know you. Um, mm. But I think like our, our partnership and our relationship is unlike anything I've ever seen or like, I have no way to, I don't know, Sandy, you should talk about it. Like, it's, it's like familial and also um, like best friends and, you know, no, no one else can understand what we've been through for the last six years. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I always, I, to me, and I don't even, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud to you, Jenny, but it's like past life. Like there is something deeper there that is like known and familiar from the moment we met, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so all of my friendships that are like that, I just say that, that we've had a past life together and I don't really know what I'm talking about, but it just seems to, to, to make it a different level of friendship, if you know what I mean. Um, Chris, I, I just want to add to about like the feminine in business. I think when Jenny was talking about when we first met, part of what connected us besides the past life that we were somehow sisters or something besides that there was like, we were watching these dude, bro guys teach marketing and email and writing copywriting. And we were just like, what, like, what, why would I write? I would never write that. So there was this like way of doing business that is like, um, you know, very masculine, right. And aggressive and ego and profit. And, and we were just like, wait. And so we really turned away from that, um, in many ways, walking away from funding and also in the way that we wrote, in the way that we copyrighted, in the frequency that we wrote to our client. Like we just started to take this sort of feminine idea of business. um, And we began to kind of explore the idea of what is a feminist business. And we've kind of jumped in with, you know, full body into the whole concept of feminist. We are feminists in business. 
And we've mm. done a lot of learning over the last couple of years about the patriarchy and also how women are socialized to believe certain things as in we need to be working all the time to be worthy. We need to have accomplishments to show our worth. We need to have certain criteria or letters behind our name to be worthy. And we are trying to just freaking dismantle all of that shit. And like, like here we are, right? Like, like you were saying, like you are a female founder. No, I'm just a founder. Thank you very much. Like all that nonsense. Right. So I think, um, top of mind again, to go back to your first question is this, like, how do we show up as a feminist business? How do we teach our women clients to see that they're thinking behind, like their operating system in the background is like, um, written by the patriarchy. And we need to like expose that examine it and like totally reprogram. So much there. Um, just so grateful to be having this conversation. Really. It was such a strong yes when it came across my desk and I'm so picky. Um, I say no to most things this day, which is very me leaning into my feminine and not the masculine. And so everything that you're bringing up is so timely for me for the collective and a couple of things. One, um, to go back to how you met, I don't know if you guys know this, but I just, my most recent solo episode is about my most recent miscarriage. And that experience in business was like so wild, um, to be having a miscarriage and be running a business. And I'm still pissed. Um, you know, I, there's so much gratitude for the situation, for my body, for that side of it. But I'm pissed about how the lack of support, the lack of speaking about it, you alone in the corner of a room with all these dudes, like it, it, it just gives me pause, you know, and takes my breath away a little bit. And so it's just so beautiful to hear you say that there was that connection there and I'm deeply spiritual. And I find that I have that resonance with women too, from past lives. And we've done this dance before, and you really have to be in the feminine to recognize that. And I like operate so much in the masculine, like even sitting here, you can see, I have a baseball hat on and wear a t-shirt, like even the way always. And it just made sense for me to be a founder and cr create from this very masculine driven kind of way. And now as I'm growing and as I'm scaling and looking at it from a place of how can I bring intention into every email, into every conversation, and I'm trying to do this on my own. And then I'm meeting you and it's just such perfect timing to talk about a feminist business and how you're doing that and really unpack that a little bit more, because that is just where I'm at full on surrender, but I actually don't, people talk about the feminine sort of as a remembering or as something that we forgot. And for me, it truly feels like I never knew it. Like it's so many lifetimes ago in me that I'm actually just learning for the first time how to react this way. And what are some of the practices as you're creating this feminine business, hiring, scaling now a team of 20, that you're instilling and like bringing into the culture? Like, what does it mean to, to be a feminist business? That's a great question. It's something that we're constantly, I think, evolving within our team. So, I mean, we definitely have core values that we operate by and one of them is empathy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think the way our, so we have a really strong customer success, customer support team, for example, um, we work really hard to be humane with everything that we do because we're a technology company. First and foremost, I think it's the default is to be like 
bot driven and, you know, gamified and to, to do everything kind of behind a veil of an algorithm and behind the veil of AI. And we're very much not that. And so we have like, we have really invested in having human beings interact almost immediately um, when a customer has an issue, like we're pretty much fully staffed around the clock with at many hours, multiple people. Um, we're, we reward our team when we hear feedback or see testimonials or see people posting on social about how helpful our team has been. We work really hard to reward those people um, to sort of show this is where our values are. And then, you know, just even in terms of how we build our tech. So like we're humane first and foremost. So we don't build gamification into our platform. Um, uh, if we ever do, it will be like very intentionally, but it's not about trying to keep eyeballs on a screen for as long as possible. Like we're very much trying to create tools on the internet that actually help support people's goals in their offline and analog lives. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, the way that we charge. And so we are, we have a reputation, which I think is, is, is really odd because I don't think it's actually true, but we have a reputation for being expensive. And, um, so we hear from so many people that they didn't try our platform sooner because everyone talks about how expensive it is. Well, you know, we pay our team a living wage and we aren't backed by sort of this like veil of of like, you know, venture capital. And so our interest is hundred percent devoted to serving our clients and our community. And every dollar that we bring in pays our team members a living wage and gets reinvested into the platform to build out the features that our community is asking for. And so I, we talk a lot on our own podcast about how like, there's no such thing as free, right? Like if, if something is free, you're paying in other ways, like you're paying with your attention or you're paying with your privacy and your data. Like there's no such thing. So we work to kind of educate our community about what it actually means to right. use technology responsibly. Yeah, it's a big part of it. I love that. And like, you truly get what you pay for. And I'm so sick of this, like, you know, if it's cheap and really affordable, then it's probably not going to be as functional or somebody isn't getting paid what they deserve, right? Like you really need to think about that. And that's actually, it's funny that you bring that price into it because it's something that I am embarrassed to admit I haven't paid attention to sooner but when everything started shutting down and it was all about buying local and like supporting small business and realizing that there is a lack of convenience when you can't just order something on Amazon the next day and you have to wait or you have to pay more because it's fair trade and people are getting paid their worth and a fair living. And I, and I am so now mindful on where my money's going. And I think that as a society, we're just becoming more and more consciously aware of what we're consuming, who's getting our money and why I know this is going to work. It's already working obviously, but why this is just going to keep growing and growing. Um, my, my coach talks about all the time, how personal, personal brands, personal stories, like people buy from people they trust and anonymous brands are dead. Like that's the future. You need to have a face behind whatever it is that you're selling. That's like saying, Hey, here's what I believe in. And that's what you really, for me and for my team, and even for the people who hire us, because we are a small team too. I pay all my people really well, what they deserve, not even well, like what they deserve. Um, and that's, you know, be beyond whether it's my opinion, whether I pay them well or not, it's what they deserve. 
And at the same time, I don't find people being deterred from our prices because we deliver such good value and such good quality. And they know where their money's going. And I've even started saying, like when I go to the farmer's market or when I purchase a platform or anything, I love giving her my money. I love giving them my money. Like it's such this energetic joy, especially I I'm looking at myself right now. I have my nails done. And every time I go in, I, I get the, the top product or the, you know, the number one, which is like the massage, like all the works, I get the works and it's like maybe $8 more right then the next one down and the gratitude and like the energy that's sort of exchanged because I'm getting the most expensive one and and she thanks me and I thank her and it's this like really sort of beautiful relationship and I'm so happy to give her my money and I feel like that's just going to continue to work and work in your favor the more you actually educate and share information about your business and why you're doing things the way you do I mean people support belief cause mission I always say you know if you can share your belief cause or mission that's what's really going to get somebody on board because there's a lot of products out there that are maybe better, maybe not, but it's about who you want to be giving your money to, like what energy you want to be creating within your business and the technology we use matters. There's an energy to all of it. And that's the one, the, the, the deep feminine in me, that's always been there. Like every little thing has an energy and, and you were drawn to each other and your email was drawn to me and we're having this conversation now. And like, that's all in thanks to this, this energy that is circulating and us being in the same wavelength. And anyway, I just went on a rant all to say that I think this is amazing and I love your mission and how now, like we're here, what's happening now? Like, where are you going with the business today? Like you're saying one decision and one foot in front of the other, what's happening today, your culture or a company of 25, like how, what do you do? How do you spend your days now? In a lot of meetings. Yeah. A lot of meetings. meetings. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what we're focusing on is some efficiencies mm. is some um, procedures, trying to nail some of those down, although we've done a ton or our team has done a ton. Um, and I think that we just need to see what's the next thing coming. Right. And so we do, um, we do some coaching packages or so revamping that a little bit and going to be doing live webinars in a couple of weeks, you know, it's, so it's all now about sales and growth and scaling. Um, and I think we're just constantly unpacking this idea of a feminist business and like learning so much about ourselves and the way that we're thinking and showing up because we are inundated with messages about um, how to run businesses from the, from a, a male point perspective. Right. So we're constantly just like looking at this like a daily, like, where is that coming from? And we'll call each other out on like, that's patriarchy talking there, Sandy, you know? And so we're like, Oh, wow. crap, yes, you're right. Like that. So I think that is the work because there is nobody to follow in our world, like female run, um, you know, feminist companies and technology do not exist. Bootstrap do not exist. Profitable do not exist. And so we're sort of, you know, forging the trail here and, and we only have each other to keep accountable to the mission, the idea, the customers. Um, and then how are we going to grow this? How are we going to pay everybody each month? Really? So it's, it's, I think it's about efficiencies and growth for me, Jenny, you might have a different answer. 
Yeah. And I mean, we're constantly iterating on the platform too. A huge percentage of our team Mm -hmm. is on our product and dev side. And so we're since day one, we have been building solutions that are requested by our, our client base and our community. And so it's a, it's a really beautiful dance that we have with our customers um, where, you know, as the world is changing, like now there's this need for kind of hybrids in person, virtual solutions. And so like where our team is heavy, like heads down on making sure that we're implementing those solutions into our platform. Um, we're building, like, I, I'm not going to get into our entire roadmap, but it's, you know, we have a roadmap with 500 feature requests. Like we allow our client base to request things as they see fit. So, you know, we have the, the privilege of going through all of that and working on prioritizing how we're going to serve those needs. And so, um, I think that that's a big part of what we're doing is now implementing. So the, the, the platform is always improving. Um, technology is like that. Like you don't make it and then leave it alone. Like it's constantly being iterated. Um, and, and I think that's like, it's really fun. And, you know, one other thing about being kind of women building tech that we don't talk a lot about is that, you know, tech and the apps we use on our phone and, and the websites we go to on our laptops like they're, they're a huge part of our day. Like they're a huge part of our lives. And right now, until now, most of those have been built by like this very small subset of people, right? Like 22 year old boys from Stanford's computer science department. And like, there are other perspectives. And so we really want to create a vision where, you know, two moms can create a, a technology platform that millions of people are using. And that's a huge, um, shift, right. And, and how they experience kind of digital interaction and community online. And so we're also trying to do some thought leadership around encouraging more women to start technology companies. Um, it's not certainly a core part of what we do right now. We obviously help women on our own platform who are teaching online, but like the bigger long-term vision is to sort of be an example of what's possible for other women. Because I think that, um, you know, like it's 2% of venture capital is going to women run companies. Um, and that actually went down last year in 2020, there was a huge dip, we had been seeing some tiny progress. But like, it's no one, no women are making tech. And um, it's it's like statistically nothing. <laughs> and yeah. that has to shift, because otherwise, we're going to keep having situations where, you know, like, um, health tech devices for women are tested on small men. (laughs) And that's like how it works, right? Like it's, it's terrible. And um, women make most of the purchasing decisions in our culture. And yet women aren't creating the tools and the technologies that are driving many of those purchasing decisions. So, you know, that's a big part of what I think Sandy and I are going to be taking on now that we have hired so many people that we have been able to alleviate some of the day-to-day responsibilities that we have within the company Yes. Thank you. No more HR ever again. I'm never going to approve a requested day off ever. Never one time. So we can start to think about some of this like bigger picture thought leadership of like, what does it take? How can we take what we did and make it a blueprint or a model for other women or historically underrepresented people to go and build companies? And start the conversation that tech's um, um, supply chain matters, which you, you were saying, Krista, about your nails and, you know, buying local cheese and bread or whatever, but that's understood when it's fashion or food, but it's not understood when it's technology. People just there, they don't think about who founded this, how are they getting paid, you know, all those things. And so that's, yeah, part of the conversation you want to start too on podcasts like this is like, think about if you've got two platforms, do you look at who they, like the mission behind the values and who the founders are? And I think that's, 
people. To My prayer is yes. You know, and I think that that's really a lot of why I founded my own business, like rooted in authenticity and honest business and, and radically honest, you know, truth selling sort of shtick about storytelling and this whole thing that I go into is one to support these people, but it's two, because I'm so pissed that there isn't another way and there that there isn't another way that is being talked about loud enough. And I'm loud and it's time to talk about another way of doing things and bring guests on the podcast that are talking about another way of doing things because our, our eyes, even on socials, like are just so narrow. We're only getting served con like it just, it's so, so, so narrow. And so if I can bring somebody on, like my whole intention now is like, how can this perspective help shift, change, transform my listener's life for their greatest and highest good? And I think it's conversations like these, and I would love to have you back on. I just feel like a year from now, or even six months is going to be a whole nother ball game. And, um, I am very much behind that conversation about women in tech. And I would love to be a part of that. Um, my husband recently started a tech company and, super easy, all men. And I just space out, like, it's not even interesting in so many of the ways of what I want to see in a platform or what I want to see developed. And it just, this conversation just made me realize, oh, that's even an option, which is so crazy that I'm not even thinking like, oh, I could develop that app or I have this idea honestly, for something similar to what you guys are doing a little bit different, but like it never even crossed my mind to do it. I always just say, oh, in another life. Um, and yeah, so I, I love talking to women in business that are rooted in their feminine, that love being women and celebrate, um, the femininity in our culture. And I really, really believe, and it really is my prayer that, you know, people are becoming more and more awake to the money energy, where it's going, who's getting it and how that all works. And I mean, it's a whole conversation, but I'm learning so much just from being in business. Now people talk to me about business, which is another whole thing I've been talking to my coach about. One of my coaches is pregnant for the first time and she's 35. And all of a sudden she's been like pushed in the group of like women and she wants to be talking about like Bitcoin and the economy and all this stuff. But she's like, everyone just wants to talk to you about like what I'm buying for. And she's like, I'm super excited to be pregnant, but like, I'm also super excited to be growing a business right now. And can we have space for all of this? And the answer is definitely yes. And, and I'm here for the round table. I'm here for whatever it is that you're creating. I'd love to support. So thank you for being here. And if you have any last sort of prayer or message for maybe a future user, somebody that wants to work for you, somebody that wants to create, um, that is feeling moved from this podcast, you know, what would you say to them? For anyone who's drawn to entrepreneurship, and it sounds like that's your audience, I would say you can't ignore that call that's my best advice is to go for it and know that it's a long game and it's really a lifetime um, commitment. It's a way of thinking and a way of being. And so I would um, encourage anyone who just even remotely feels drawn to that to, to dive in and know that um, it's a way of seeing the world. And it's also the greatest human like actualization tool I've ever found. So if you want to work on yourself you want to like figure out who you are, it's, there's nothing else like it and you should absolutely go for it.
Yeah. And then I will add to that, that I think to change our world, which definitely desperately needs changing. I think women need more wealth and that comes like, then they have more power and that the only way to do that is to run your own business. Especially tech right now. I mean, I'm learning so much and tech is where it's at. It's at growth rates are where it's at. Like women don't even know this. Like when you're getting bought, a growth rate is most important. Like all this stuff I'm learning. So um, I would love to have you guys back and just even dive more into the tactical side. I just feel like you're a wealth of knowledge. We have an incredible audience, super engaged. Please give us all the calls to actions, how we can find more about you, your sites, everything that, that you've got coming up. Are you on LinkedIn? All of the things. Yeah, we're both personally on LinkedIn. And then our platform is at heymarvelous.com. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the best place to find us. We also uh, run a one-year incubator for people who are wanting to start out online and sort of grow and evolve into that role of CEO from beginner. And that's called the inner circle. So folks can learn more and apply at the inner circle.works and, um, and we're on Instagram as well at Hey, at Hey Marvelous. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and I'm super honored to share this space. So thank you both so much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Krista. And for everybody listening, this was such a special episode. Um, just loving the direction this podcast is going. I've just been leaning in to anybody that comes across my digital desk. And um, if it's a strong yes, then you get to hear it on the pod. So I'm following that intuition and so far so good. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.